Hi, I'm Sambal Siddiqui. And I'm Alana Mallon. And we are two of Cambridge's new city councilors. And this is our weekly podcast, Women Are Here. Thanks for joining us. Um, hi. Hey. I haven't seen you all day. I know. It's been a few hours. At least. Oof. Several hours. Um, so, hey, we had a pretty robust conversation on Monday night at the city council meeting with a very varied agenda that we are going to talk to you guys all about today. But there were so many different things on the agenda. It was such an interesting meeting. It was like fire stations, trees, policing. Uh, there was a lot. There was a lot. There was a lot. So I think we're just going to dive right in, except I was telling you earlier, do you like rosé? I love rosé. It's the best, right? Especially this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had the best rosé at Catalyst. Over, I never go there. Yeah. Right? Because it's like fancy and a big restaurant or whatever. I met a friend for a drink this week and it was the it's the best I've ever had. Did they fill it up? Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe that's why it was so good. <laughs> maybe that's why. There was so much. No, but I I do drink a fair share of, of rosé. Like the, They have a sommelier. This, this is what I'm saying. Okay. It's too fancy for me, the place. But if you're like bougie and like rosé, I'm telling you. I'm such a peasant. I've never been to Catalyst. Well, I mean. I've you- heard it's really expensive. Well, I've, I've like never eaten food there. <laughs> Maybe I'll have someone take me. And get you a glass of that. Yeah, get me some free food. You should totally yeah. go. Anyway, shout out to Catalyst for having a rosé sommelier. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what, are you, what is that? Anyway, okay, on to the city council yes. agenda. Um, so one of the things we talked about that I thought was probably the most important thing that was on the issue was, or on the agenda was um, this issue of gun violence in the port area that we've been talking about. Um, so if you're just tuning in now, there's been about 11 instances of um, gunshots in the last, since January, and nine of them have happened in the port area. So, and one of them was a few weeks ago in the middle of the afternoon, um, right across from Clement Morgan Park, which is a playground in the, in the neighborhood. So, it kind of spurred a few council orders, um, spearheaded by Councillor Simmons, and one of them was uh, one that I helped co-sponsor with Mark Mayor, Mayor McGovern, which was that the city manager established an aggressive new strategy to reduce the violence in the port and Wellington Harrington neighborhoods, and um, to utilize the framework of con- the continuing safe streets city stakeholder meeting group, and. Um, assist with the envisioning, executing, and promoting of this plan and report back to the city council. So we had a pretty robust conversation about what the city council's role in really directing some energy and efforts to this to this area who were really feeling unsafe, quite um, understandably. You know, you've got a shooting in the middle of the day across from a park. Um, I think you said it best when you said it was an emergency. Yeah, I, I said that I'd, uh, you know, obviously grown up in the Wellington-Harrington community, and, you know, I called the situation facing, you know, the port and Wellington-Harrington an emergency. You know, it, it really is. We hear from residents often, and the reality is they're feeling shaken and angry and really concerned. And so I think as a city council, we have to do a better job communicating what we're doing and our plan, and, um, you know, the residents want to know what our, the plan is, and make sure there's also transparency about it. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that Councillor Simmons said pretty um, clearly, I thought, was, you know, my my four-year-old granddaughter lives around the corner from that park, and so it is not okay that we have gunshots and gun violence happening in the middle of the day, and that, you know, the residents in the port... um, don't always come out in droves when it um, when there's an issue on the table that they 
they expect their elected officials to to be that voice and be that advocacy in the neighborhood. So this was we had a we had an interesting conversation around the idea of um, an aggressive new strategy and the word aggressive when it's linked with policing. And I I enjoyed that conversation because I think it's a good one to have. Yeah. Um, and we ended up keeping the aggressive in because I think. It was an aggressive new strategy versus aggressive policing, which, you know, different things to me, it felt like we really are asking you to aggressively look at new strategies. Yeah. And not have aggressive new policing tactics, which I think our our police commissioner and our and our officers understand the difference between the two. Yeah, 100 percent. And they're 100 percent committed to not that, you know, they they really think about enforcement through a social justice and equity lens. Absolutely. And um so I actually went to uh, this great event in Clement Morgan Park put on last week by the Pentecostal Tabernacle, which is across the street from the park. And the cops were all there. They had a you know a three on three basketball tournament, and there was food, and there was a choir. Like the Pente- the Pentecostal Tabernacle choir was actually playing. It was beautiful. That's awesome. It was a great night, and there were so many people there. It was just nice to be in the community in the neighborhood and just you know showing that neighborhood that that we understand. Um, as a city council, that we need to be helping out and, and doing what we can to make sure that people feel safe. Um, I also did see on Twitter today. Did you see that picture of Commissioner Bard? Yeah. So there's a picture of our police commissioner sitting in Clement Morgan Park yesterday afternoon just on his laptop doing, you know, he just brought his home office to Clement Morgan Park and just quietly sitting there being a presence. And to me, that that's what community policing is about, right? It's just being a quiet presence and um, and talking to our, our residents and making them feel safe. So that was kind of the big thing on the agenda. That was, was a heavy topic. Yeah, it was we started real... off with that. And um, I was, like I said, I was glad to have that conversation because I think, I think I said it in the meeting, that is the conversation to be having right now. Right. That is the conversation we should be having every week is yeah. around um, the safety and wellness of our residents. All residents, yeah. All of them. So... Um, and then, also, yeah, this was fun. <laughs> Speaking of safety, yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the things that I know, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I have been kind of going around to our different fire stations and checking out sort of the the conditions there and um, the challenges of our, our firefighters. And we had an order on the agenda this week um, that was relating to this and asking our city manager to look into um, conducting a comprehensive facilities survey to identify sort of immediate needs and long-term improvements um, for our firefighters. So, you know, if you go into these fire stations, if you, I was saying this Monday night, if you see our fire trucks out on the street, they're beautiful. Everything's like brand new. They're super clean, um, save the art. But then when you go into our fire stations, the kitchens are, are gross. And like the living areas could really use an update. The sleeping quarters, you know, there was holes in the mattresses and there's, you know, the mayor was saying that some of the floors are being kept together by duct tape. The bathrooms could use an overhaul. Um, we really need to be taking yeah. care of the health and wellness of, you know, those who protect our safety. Yeah, every first responders, day. Our right? first responders. Yeah. So, and, you know, unlike a lot of workplaces in the city, those folks sleep there. Yeah. They eat a lot of meals there. I'm, this is something that we really need to it, both be looking at our long-term capital plan, how we can really you know, update some of like the heating 
Like the he, yeah, you were quoted about oh, talking no. about that. I can I just tell you that sometimes I I read my quotes and like English Chronicle. <laughs> I'm like, did I really say that? <laughs> did it sound like that? Um, but yeah, I I was in the firehouse and I looked up on the wall and there was like this really weird antiquated kind of brass thing ha- on the wall and I was like, what is that? And <laughs> the fire chief was like, that's um our heating system. I've never seen anything like it. So most of our fire stations were built when um. There's actually like horse and carriages. And so we really need to modernize and update them and just make sure that we are taking care of those of those who are taking care of us every single day. So um, hopefully everybody voted for that unanimously. Thank you. Um, And that will go forward now to the city manager to figure out our long and short term. Uh, You're just like miming the money signal at me. (laughs) How much (laughs) of that is going to cost? So um, look, just look forward to that going to that going forward yeah and thank you so much for pushing that it's just it's really important that firefighters know that the city cares about them so yeah all of our first responders yeah all of our first responders but especially the ones that sleep in their workplace absolutely sorry and then you know i i I have to say one of the things i'm really thinking about is trying to recruit more women both into the police department and also for firefighting and you know they all sleep in this one big room and some of them have curtains that separate the beds and some of them don't even have that so kind of thinking if i was a young woman who was going into a firefighting field and um would i would i be comfortable with that yeah absolutely yeah. I, I made when you were talking about this i just made me think of my show chicago fire i love that show isn't it great it is great there's a lot of romance that happens which i don't necessarily think happens in real life but it does make it, <laughs> it keeps it interesting doesn't <laughs> it it does it's a great that, show. That one couple that's married is so—they're so boring. Oh, aren't they boring? So boring. <laughs> Every yeah. time they're on, I'm like, I'm like, Gabby, my phone. Gabby, right? Gabby, and whatever her husband's name is, I can't even remember. Yeah. He's so boring. He's attractive though. Eh. He's you know Australian. Is he really? Yeah, but he has a—he's an American. Okay. Anyway, it's a great show. NBC.com. If you're interested. <laughs> Uh, I've I've actually been committed fan since it started. So. Oh, okay, because it's in its sixth season. Or yeah. fifth. Uh, no, 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 sixth. Oh, wow. It's going on its seventh. And I've been watching. Yeah, I've been watching for six years. I'm a huge fan of, you know, Third Watch. I don't know if you... No. I've, I'm have i a huge fan of First Responder uh, shows. Oh, I know, because you made me watch that 911 show. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also really cheesy. Such poor acting. <laughs> it wasn't Such it? great actors, but such poor acting. I have to see... I have to imagine it was the script. Yeah. I mean, Connie Britton is amazing, so she was in it. She's anyway. really good on the guy from... Oh, yeah, Parenthood. From Parenthood, whatever his He's name is. He's so annoying, though. Mm-hmm. Like him crying mm-hmm. oh, in the show. The I, worst. I was like, did you, did you like, how'd you, how did you get to this point? How did you, he was like in the most cryy show ever, Parenthood, right? Yeah. And then now he's like just terrible. Terrible, terrible. Anyway, <laughs> that was a tangent. Uh, okay. We also talked about trees. Um, there were three orders this past week having to do with trees and the tree canopy. The first of which I co-sponsored which basically asked the city manager to identify opportunities to plant more trees in public spaces with a focus on underserved areas and you know to really make sure that tree planting had a higher priority in the FY20 budget. So that so the budget we approve next year. So you know obviously this is very important you know and it passed without comment. I was actually surprised nobody pulled it. It's just no like, one pulled it. Just it. like, oops, and it's passed. Because yeah. it was really an important order. I think making sure that with the the city puts a focus and priority on this and like puts some funding behind it. And underserved areas, right? You know. Yes. So that's a huge 
you know, equity issue just with climate change and, you know, who's impacted by climate change the most, right? It's people of color and low-income folks. That's right. So, so it goes back to that. Uh, yeah, so but yeah, was, there was more. I was really, I was 100% happy to support that goal. But the next two for me were a little bit trickier. I actually voted no on both of them. So the second one asked that for every publicly owned tree, so the city-owned tree in the city that had to be removed for anything other than disease or threat to public safety, needed to have a public hearing. And the city manager was requested to keep a record of every city-owned public tree that was removed, including species, height, location, reason for removal, and photographic documentation. So this was put in by Councillor Zondervan and co-sponsored by Vice Mayor Devereaux and Councillor Kelly. So I voted no for this for a number of reasons. One, the DPW currently keeps extensive records of all of our tree in a number of ways. So according to the commissioner of the Department of Public Works, we use the cartograph asset management system to manage our urban tree population, whether that's in parks or cemeteries or in the public right of way. And as a city, we've been using that system for the last 18 months and have been recording detailed histories of all the different interventions associated with our trees since then. Um, So planting, felling, watering, and pruning. So according to the DPW, the Cartograph Asset Management System is a geospatial database system that allows us to um, interrogate our tree history or tree status from a spatial or mapping perspective. And so this will prove to be very useful in the years to come as we continue to analyze that tree health, which we're always talking about is so important. So... Even beyond that, we have a pretty robust database of the tree information associated with city-owned trees that's been developed over the past 10 years. And so a lot of the younger trees have been monitored on numerous occasions during the last 10 years. So we know a lot about their growth and well-being over that time period as well. And lastly, over the past four or five years, DPW maintenance crews have been using the C-Click Fix system to manage a lot of their work, including pruning and, and pruning and felling and i expect that about 90 percent of the tree takedowns have been captured you know just using that c-click fix so as you can see we have numerous ways where we're cataloging this data and to me this order seemed to suggest that we just cut down trees and have no idea when it happens so even in the meeting when i asked we have a full-time arborist and urban forestry team and do we not currently track this type of data i was told no by Councillor zondervan so and then lastly did I talk about this on the podcast? I'd recently been to a beekeeping permit hearing, mm-hmm. which three permits were heard. It was over two hours of staff time at the meeting due to significant public comment and negative feedback on the permits. And there was obviously a lot of staff time that went in beforehand, you know, taking photos, writing reports, and there was going to be more staff time after. And I just didn't feel like this was going to be a good use of staff time, given that we already collect this data in so many ways. You know, if the order had asked the DPW to report on how many public trees were cut down in the last year or five years that weren't due to disease or threat to public safety, I would have voted for that because I actually think it would have highlighted if there was a serious problem and we could have gone from there. I just felt like this was really solving a problem that didn't exist and using valuable staff time to do it. Um, And, you know, Councillor Zondervan even said during the meeting, the Commissioner of Department of Public Works was... Uh, not in favor of this policy order based on the urban forest master plan task force that's just getting underway and this would kind of undermine their efforts um we can get into that task force in the next order but that's something that just started up last week so i voted no and um it it passed and you you voted i voted yes because i care about trees a lot (laughs) 
unlike myself, yeah, who only geez. cares about firefighters. Oh, I know. God. No, yeah, I voted yes on uh, this order and th- the next one we'll hear about. Um, I think for me, the data piece, I think, you know, it's unclear. It was unclear to me how centralized the system works. And I think the city does need to do a better job of just telling us about the process. Mm -hmm. And my hope is that we'll, you know, get a better understanding of the process and people will understand, uh, you know, because a lot of emails we get, and I see a lot of this, but they're like, you know, why is this tree coming down? You know, there's not a lot of uh, clarity on the process even. And so for me, you know, I think that I do want to know when exactly when a tree is coming down and for what reason if it's not associated with disease and other issues so i think you know obviously you talked to uh, owen afterwards and he Mm -hmm. gave you a whole set of yeah you know reasons and that oh you know we're actually doing this i think that's great i think in response i hope that now dpw will tell us exactly okay we already have have a system and this is how it it works so um, I think sometimes we, you know, need some orders to put shine a light on things. And I think this will be a way for us to show that, hey, we are collecting. We're not just cutting these trees down. An incident happened in East Cambridge just oh, recently. Oh, I saw that. You know, a street tree has to come down. and Because of Eversource. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They totally messed up. Totally messed up. Ruined the tree root. Huge. <coughs> really Huge. an old tree. Right? So Beautiful this is, tree. I think... It's just a concern of, you know, you know, we want to make sure the city is taking it seriously and we know exactly when a tree is coming down with with no other reason than disease or otherwise. Well, and for me, I kind of got tripped up on the public hearing piece for every tree that needs to come down. And that's where it goes back to this beekeeping permit meeting where I was like, I see how much staff time goes into having a hearing with three permits, <laughs> like having our staff actually prepare for a hearing, go to a hearing, have the public comment of the hearing, have to follow up after the hearing. Like to me, I think the hearing felt is onerous. For me, I, I guess we do have a, just one full time city arborist. And sometimes I wonder, you know, is this could this be a part of his job description where it doesn't have to be a hearing per se but just i don't know just more education yeah well we'll see what he comes back with the city manager and yeah yeah i'm curious well we're gonna find out soon yeah and then we had a bigger tree ordinance yeah the last tree order it basically asked for an ordinance change for private residents who want to cut down trees in their own yards asking the residents for to file for a permit when cutting down a tree in their own yard so you voted? I voted yes. You did. So this is why I voted yes. I think I vote. Well, to just explain, this was not to vote for the language that was put forward. Put forward. That's it was, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Just so, to refer it to the ordinance committee because yeah. it was an ordinance change. Yes. So I don't agree with what was laid out. What I am interested in learning more about and, you know, the what I, the research that I did do on this is the fact that in some cities, you know, you... To apply, you have to have a permit to remove a tree on your private private property if it falls into a category. So you cannot in some in um, San Jose, California, for example, you can't remove a heritage tree. Oh, if what's you have. a heritage? So a heritage tree? tree is a unique for its history, size, or species. 
So it is illegal. Tomato. Yeah, I think what those are called. I think so. I'm trying. I I have some stuff, (laughs) things I'm reading, reading about. Um, But yeah, there are these certain special, special trees that you know in some areas are. You know, you can't remove them. So they're like uh, endangered species. Yeah, yeah, trees. like yeah, yeah, those special kinds. So I was, I'm, I'm interested. Oh, it's heirloom tomatoes. I'm thinking. Yeah, not. that's what you're. <laughs> I was like, wait, <laughs> wait, that doesn't sound um, right. And then you know, in in San Jose, a permit is required to remove a tree in a single family or a duplex lot once it reaches its specific size. Um, you know, even if it's unhealthy or dead, right? So if it's a single trunk and it's 38 inches or more at you know at a specific feet above the ground so you know i just for me i I voted forward because i a i wanted i want to see what this looks like in other places and how it works like i if it is a heritage special special tree you know which will never grow again never like i don't want someone to cut it down you're like the lorax (laughs) right now yeah yeah (laughs) you speak for the trees yeah and i get like obviously some trees need to get cut down because of disease and other issues and then yeah if someone people cut them down because they need a curb cut or they need other mm-hmm, things i mm-hmm. mean it, it gets into or for income reasons or for they you know they want to build or better view to better view yard. yeah i mean i think i would like to know in certain circumstances and i i don't know what it looks like i get it it's governing private behavior and mm-hmm. it's you know and that that's a huge issue for people. I think there could be exceptions like the heritage tree. So yeah, I mean, I I so I have two trees in my backyard that I, I would like to take down, and I'll tell you why. Because I have four trees that we planted sort of all at the same time, and we planted them too close together, so they're all getting crowded out. And we would like the two trees that are healthier to actually grow taller and and create more of a canopy. Um, but I would fall into this category, right? Like I would have to have a, a permit and a hearing um, and my neighbors could come and say, you can't cut down those trees. So that's not why I voted no, um, because not, I'm not just legislating out of my own, my own backyard. <laughs> um, but I actually voted no for a few reasons. And mostly I voted no because we, um, Vice Mayor Jan Devereaux worked so hard last year um, in her last term to help establish an urban forest master plan task force, which um, actually finally met for the first time last week um, after her efforts last term. So this task force will have a robust set of recommendations for the city council about our urban forest and tree canopy. And I would, I really want to wait to consider all of those recommendations at the same time and honor those various stakeholders that are going to be meeting over the next nine months. So the vice mayor said um, on Monday night that, this task force is actually planning to have recommendations to the city council in March of next year. So when I'm looking at our ordinance schedule and the things that we need to do, especially in our housing area, this isn't going to be a priority, right? So I almost feel like we're not going to hear this ordinance until later on this year. And then it'll be just around the corner where we're going to have actually this robust set of recommendations, which would actually probably take the place of whatever we've got in this ordinance. So I voted no because I really want the, t- the task force to do their work. I wanted to honor um, what Vice Mayor Devereaux eh, did over the last term and her efforts. You know, her leadership has gotten t- us to this place. And I, like I said, I wanted to honor her work. And so I voted no, not because, as you have suggested during this podcast, that I hate trees. <laughs> I don't. I just wanted to make sure that we are... I hate trees. <laughs> Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I just wanted to make sure that we're, you know, when we set up a task force, 
I want them to be able to do their work. I want them to be able to do that work without us like crashing in every meeting with a different, oh, here's what we should do with the trees. Like that's actually why we started the task force and that's why they're there. So that's why I voted no. Um, but it did, but yeah. it did pass. And she voted for it. And she voted it. for it, right? Even um, though she said she wasn't going to support yeah. it. Um, yeah. So it passed five to four. And so now it will go on to ordinance. But um, we have an ordinance meeting this coming week on a climate petition. And then ordinance probably won't meet again until September. Yeah. I think we have two ordinance meetings coming up. Oh, yeah. There was another one. What What was the other one? I don't even know. I can't remember. Shoot. Oof, what was it? It was something. It was something. Oh, gosh. I wish we knew. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think priority-wise, it's definitely, you know, obviously, I think there's housing is my our number, my number one priority. Yeah. And so I, I think this, you know, this order and a lot of the tree orders, I think it is a constituency who feels that a lot of trees are getting taken down. And partly yes they, we do have big developers who come in and take trees down and sometimes and look whatever source did yeah, oh right i can't believe oh, they did that i know so i think we do have to be cautious and careful and uh, but i do think our city is really committed already to trees and i think the urban tree task force will be a really great you know they they have someone from the conservation law center Really looking at all yeah, our ordinances. Yeah, the people. Yeah. Th- that's what I'm saying. There's like professional stakeholders mm-hmm. on the task force. And I, I just felt like I'm just going to let these these fine folks do what they're going to do. And we'll review them in March and really put together just this robust set of recommendations that I imagine is going to come Yeah. Out. And I'm, I'm sure they'll probably evaluate permits. Yeah. And, and you know, and, you know, don't I... You know, don't worry. We're, yeah, I don't think you're going to need a permit to cut down the two trees. I'm going to do it like yeah. tomorrow before the. <laughs> you better. You better. You have. You have a year. I have a year. Okay, okay, just make sure it's not a heritage tree. I don't even know what that. I'm going to have to look into that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did like minimal research into this, but like, I was really surprised to see how many cities do require a tree permit for you to cut down on private property. Um. Well, I didn't look into that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would probably be shocked as well because I feel like it's something that, you know, as yeah. a municipality is like. It's, yeah. No, and I get what you're saying. Um, it was funny, I will have to say. Just for some reason, Monday night, the two, the areas behind, like where the people who come and sit, the members of the public who speak, one side was just firefighters. Oh, yeah. It was just like 25 firefighters. <laughs> the other side were all the tree people. Yeah. And it was like. Usually you don't have that juxtaposition of like two totally different factions, like groups totally. It's usually like one side of an issue and then the other side of the, an issue. It was just very. It was kind of <laughs> indicative of just like. <laughs> like the, our, really our city and how yeah, different it is. So It is and how many different groups there are. Yeah. One thing that we did get full support on was an order that I put in uh, about uh, getting more legal aid funding. You know, we. Our legal aid, I'm a legal aid attorney, not to toot my own horn, but like, you know, legal aid is at the forefront of really helping people. I mean, just look at what happened this week with Trump and these migrant children and like everyone's donated to races, you know, thank God, thank thank you to everybody. It's like over $12 million right now that was donated to this tiny nonprofit legal aid um, organization that's helping to provide legal aid for these these asylum seekers so yeah yeah and this came up in our housing committee meeting the fact that 
you know, often if people do emergencies, the referrals we make is to legal aid, yeah. right? And so, you know, is do we have enough attorneys? So I had been in touch with, um, we get this confused, there's Castle and Classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are two different legal aid or agencies. And we, the city has a contract with um, Cass- Classic. No, Castle. Yeah. See? With Cass- see? See, if it's hard for us, <laughs> it's hard for uh, average person out there so mm-hmm. so they both do legal aid work yes. in housing uh, yeah and some you know they have immigration they do a wide variety but so castle is part of the greater boston yes. legal services yes who is who i usually refer people out mm-hmm. to for housing and they have a cambridge office That's so right. uh, you know but they're always full. so busy i know so, and they really don't have the uh, you know they don't have many attorneys so they all, can't always meet the needs of residents. So, you know, the order asked for us to really look at additional funding for not only the next fiscal year, but the one after. I so. mean, I think it's so important. Like, if you look at us asking for more energy and attention to planting trees, having it at... Yeah. it's It should be just as or more important to, to really protect our tenants and our residents to make sure that they have the proper legal representation so that... They're not getting evicted. If that's... Exactly. So thank you for putting that in. I'm yeah. happy to support that. And I'm I'm going to be watching that very carefully to make sure that that comes back with a positive record. Yes, yes. <laughs> like a yes, we can, give and me, here's how much money. Give me $10 million, please. Wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> uh, the other thing, the housing-related piece uh, that I, you know, the reason I couldn't come on Thursday night to Clement Morgan was because I was at oh, Fresh Pond right. Apartments. Yes, we didn't even check in about this. I know, this. yeah. Okay, give so, everybody a background on Fresh Pond Apartments. So Fresh Pond Apartments, they are, uh, you know, North Cambridge, and there's Linden two Avenue. buildings. Yeah, there's two buildings that are owned by one, uh, property company, uh, Sashet company property owner, and then the third one is uh, just a start. So the two of them are coming up for expiring use, which is basically saying that uh, you know the f- it's a fancy term of the federal government has been you know providing subsidies uh, to keep these um, low uh, you know these properties affordable mm-hmm. and low income for twenty years. For twenty years, and it's coming up on the twenty years. Yes. And so, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Yeah. So, you know, the city has been really working hard. And, you know, I've been trying to really f- figure out what's been happening. And so the owner came to speak. And the one thing I can report that um, is good news is that for uh, about 360-something units, the the owner can, you know, it seems will be able to renew the Section 8 contract. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. Yeah, so it's huge. It's really just like, I mean, you know, that's something that we're really pushing to do now than in 2020, right? So um, be proactive. Pre- be proactive, you know, make sure HUD knows that this is a, you know, number one priority. And so that was a good thing. Um, there are some units that are 166 yeah. that um, we have to figure out. So I can't say much more beyond that because it's, stuff is still in flux and I don't want to reveal Things I'm not supposed to, right. but I, you know, I have an event coming up June 29th at the towers, and you know, to speak with residents about just what's yeah, happening. pizza and conversation. Oh, what I felt so was great. at the meeting, there were so many questions. Yes, and about it's, everything. It's hard stuff to explain. Yeah. And so you know, I'm you know, I want to make sure that you know, I had one guy who kept asking, and I went to high school with his daughter, and he was like, I don't have to move, right? I don't have to move. He kept asking, I don't have to move. I was like, no. You know, you, you don't have to move, you know. 
Um, it was just, it was, and like, because that's all they care about, you know? And actually this is, it's not like this, they're just finding out about this now. They've been like in flux and worried about this for years, right? Yeah. Yeah. And just so everybody knows, we had an expiring use building on Huron Avenue, right across from the golf course. If you cross like Fresh Pond Parkway into Strawberry Hill, is it 700 Huron? Yes. There's hundreds of affordable housing, low-income housing, and because of the expiring use, now it's all at market rate. So that those are hundreds of units that we will never have back as affordable housing. So I think it was the city was very, very motivated and is very, very motivated to come to some kind of agreement and figure yeah. out, you know, if those 166 units, what are we going to do? And if city subsidy has to, uh, you know, we have to go to the affordable housing trust or so forth. But yeah, because that would be devastating. Yeah, it's huge. So anyway, wanted to give that update. Um, thank you for that. And thank you for going to that. Yeah, yeah. I want to make sure, you know, people know that the city council is really, this is our one of our main priorities and that we're, you know, we really want to make sure this happens. Yeah. And you can't be everywhere. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice, but you can't yeah. be everywhere. So. I know. Um, well, so we have a couple of great graduations coming up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so tonight, Thursday night, is the Community Learning Center graduation at 530. Um, and this is such a great organization. So you're going. I am going to go. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I might be a few minutes late. Um, and then we have the Transition House, uh, which is our domestic violence shelters having their annual gala tonight. Is it a gala or just a... It's kind of like yeah. a... I think it's... Yeah, it is. And it's a send-off to... Oh, to Risa Medna. And where is that? MIT Media Lab. Oh, that's right. We, we can't say Media Lab, she said. <laughs> oh. I, I guess for some reason on all the invitations, I can't say Media Lab. Oh. Weird, right? Weird. Um, okay, so that's tonight. And then tomorrow morning is the Cambridge Works graduation from 930 to excited. 11. I know. I'm excited. This is my first one as a city councilor. And um, when I was working in the mayor's office, I would go. And it's always kind of a tear fest. Cannot wait to cry. You love to cry. Exactly. I feel <laughs> like I cry all the time. Uh, so, yeah, we have a busy few hours coming up, seeing a lot of each other. So it'll be great. And um, someone is sick. but <laughs> That was on purpose, huh? Oh gosh, I am, thing. I am powering okay? through. I'm She's powering through. This day. is how committed she is. She's like, "No, we're going to do the podcast." <laughs> Meanwhile, here when I had like fallen, I was like, "I don't want to do anything. Come to my bedroom and do it at my house." <laughs> <laughs> like I can't do anything, but you're a trooper. I'm so glad. Like you're you're getting through it. Well, you know, moms, we uh, just power the, through. We you're just the really best. do. <laughs> Yesterday she was so stiffly, and I looked over and I was like, I felt like a mom in that moment. I just really wanted to hug you. <laughs> And then you were like, ew, you're so And I was like, sick. bye. bye. <laughs> Please leave. <laughs> so how many more minutes do we have? Do we have time to do a boring update or no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the econ. Oh, well, this was a cool update, but we did have a public safety meeting um, that was chaired by Councillor Kelly earlier this week. I am sorry that I missed that. I was homesick. <laughs> yeah. Passed out. So uh, the public safety meetings talked a lot about the online permitting system. For that- marijuana. Oh, Cannabis? sorry, no, no, no. We confused it. So okay. I'll talk about public safety first. You were you weren't on not you weren't on the committee, so you don't have to oh, go to that. Uh, yeah, so you're blessed. Oh. Uh, <laughs> hashtag blessed. So this committee, we we basically talked about the new online permitting system. So I know, I know. Basically, <laughs> if you need a permit for <laughs> if you need a permit for something, there's going to be slowly. Uh, it's already for for one of our departments, like inspectional services. Welcome to 2018, out. everyone. I know. <laughs> I know. So they're slowly doing a rollout. The f- we have in FY19, we're going to make sure Public Works is on there. We're going to make sure 
um, you know, there's others on there. So I'm blanking on the the fourth one. Uh, but we have four departments really going to be switching over to this new system. So, and some already. I know you're so bored. I I bored <laughs> myself. But the interesting meeting that you missed because you were yeah. sick. Okay, let's get to um, the good stuff. Yeah, I chaired an economic development meeting on um, basically cannabis. So you again, know, again, again, another cannabis meeting. So <laughs> I don't even smoke, you know. <laughs> um, I but you know I want to really follow through with what the state's doing, and the state's really coming out with some equity issues uh, that are at the forefront that interest both of us social equity social equity and and owning and running and working at a a yeah dispensary yeah and this you know the background is this industry has really disproportionately affected people of color yes yeah you know so the states designated certain areas but you know what is so unique about cambridge is that you know we're not designated but that doesn't mean we can't actually you know, we, it doesn't mean anything. It's actually, we, it's, we, we are probably we the first city who, because a lot of the cities in those designated areas are not even touching this topic. Ah, so uh-huh. we're actually, you know, the commissioner title from the Cannabis Control Commission, who's really been leading this, she straight up was like, this is the first time I've been invited by a city to talk about this. Oh, she must have been so happy. She was very, very happy. And so that, that, that you know, I'm so glad she could come. We had some other great speakers and it was really enlightening. And so, um, you know, we, we really talked about the fact that, you know, in you, the people who own and run these medical marijuana dispensaries, they're very well capitalized. They have a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. And so how do we make sure that people of color, people who've been affected by um, the war on drugs will benefit, you know, you know, maybe because ownership is so hard. What are the other ways these bigger guys can help um, the smaller guys? So, you know, Sarah Naturals in Cambridge has an accelerator that they're pushing forward as part of this process. Oh, that's great. Were yeah. they there yesterday? They weren't. Oh. Um, but they are actually, it was good they didn't, weren't there because they uh, actually, the Cannabis Control Commission is in the process of reviewing oh, right. all of that. And I did see that they have something going in for growing. Yeah. Okay. And like for other, July 1st. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it was a really great conversation. It's reported if you want to talk, if you want to watch it. You know, I love to watch meetings. <laughs> you know, she does really love to. Uh, but yeah, it was a great conversation. And so we have put in an order for next week, just getting to just more more clarity about what we mean about social equity in, in this yeah, I think industry. a lot of people were confused. I had a few people text me like, what does this mean? Like, what yeah. can we really have social equity? And I was like, that's been a huge focus of the Cannabis Control Commission. Like, that's like, they want to make sure that we're, we're making an effort to include people that have been disproportionately affected. Yeah. And, you know, in, in some cities like San Francisco, other places, they, in, they make sure these companies that like, you know, 50% are all local residents. Like it's simple as that, right? And so uh, what can we do, you know, and how can we be a model, right? And uh, so for me, the, you know, people have were, said that to me too. They're like, oh, this is, you know, ridiculous. Or <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are. Yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, I, I really, it is educational because you may not know like, oh, wait, like this is a, this is a thing. That we could do. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and really... Um, and make sure that people in our community are part of it. Because even if we're not, our arrest data is not showing X, right? right? Uh, the fact is we have a lot of need for people to get involved. And I think you're right. We can, a lot of people look to Cambridge to be a model yes. 
um, for how to implement something in their own community. So it would be great to have a wonderful model that people that could be exported to other municipalities. Yeah, and um, Commissioner Title actually tweeted um, about this today. And <gasps> did she, you feel like a rock star? So on she Twitter? said, <laughs> "This is what she said. Seriously, this was the best." most thoughtful provoking local hearing on marijuana I've ever been to. <gasps> Are you going to frame that tweet? I think I should. <laughs> I think I should. Yeah. You know, it was a good discussion. Sometimes Twitter's not awful yeah. and evil and bad. Yeah. Sometimes it's actually nice. Yeah, and it was I think good for our staff, you know, to understand mm. and that was my goal of even you know, I wanted Louis, I made sure Louis was there and our I city made manager, sure yep. Sydney was there and you know, Lisa Peterson our deputy was there, you know, and just to say, look, you know, this this is an important part of this conversation as we zone for recreational, we know it's coming. Yeah. So how do we make it more equitable? Yeah. And you don't want to zone for it and then wish you hadn't included this stuff. Want to get out ahead of it. So yeah, thank you for, yeah. thank you for doing that. Of course. And for keeping us in the loop. You're so welcome. <laughs> um, okay. So do we have other things to talk about? Oh, by the way, everybody next Monday yes. is our last meeting, our last regular meeting until we have one summer meeting, which is at the end of July, and then we will resume after Labor Day. So I think we're going to be a little bit sporadic this summer, unfortunately. Yeah. We'll still hang out then. We're still going to hang out. But like, if stuff is going on, we'll definitely podcast. But it may not be every week. Yeah. Like 4th of July week, probably not. Yeah. You know? Well, and true. Everyone's going to be like... I'm going to be away. Are you good? Yeah, I'm going away. And I have a wedding the weekend before and the weekend after. So Oh, you're in that wedding... I'm, I just turned 30. So. Yeah, you're in it. Oh, gosh. I just, <laughs> just, that's another podcast. Like, you know how much money I'm spending? I I remember. I remember. I told you that there was one summer, I think when I was 30, ugh, that I went to like 17 weddings and only two of them are local. Are you friends else? with all those people still or no? Yeah. We but can like, talk about it later. I'm so curious. <laughs> I'm just so curious about well, how so friendships far away. evolve. You yeah. Know? I mean, it's hard to keep in touch with people. And and have those authentic friendships. I'm really worried about that. I'm, you know, I have so many friends. And they all live <laughs> far away. Well, a lot of people nearby, but a lot of people far away. And I'm like, I love my friends so much. And I really work on every relationship. That's why I'm such a good friend, right? You're such a good friend. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really hard, especially when you have kids. Like when, That's, I'm when really all fearful. your friends. I know. It's it's hard because you, you have limited amount of time. And then, and then you're thrown into situations all the time where you're, you're with your your kids, friends, parents, yeah, and then you're just friends with them, and some of them really love. Like I've we've I've we've been so lucky to find a good friend group here, um, and you know, but you're going through. It's like when we were campaigning, right? Like you're going through this like really specific yeah. thing together, and you, um, having young kids is like that too. So, but and that sucks up a lot of your time. So it's not like you're going to be like jetting off to you know to San Francisco to visit your friend who lives out there, you know, every three months, like you yeah. do now or whatever. It's hard. I mean, I want to get older, Alana. It's you know what? It's I'm so scared. It's scary, but um, it's fun though, right? Uh, and then you'll find your people here. I'm your people here now. Yeah. Oh no, my you god. You seem sad I'm about so me. Scared. <laughs> no, no, you are. You are. I'm just, you know, I don't know where we're getting. <laughs> we should wrap this up. But I was just thinking about it. But we can. You know what? Now we, I think we know what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> <at> our, <laughs> even if nothing's going on, we're just going to be talking about our feelings a lot. <laughs> friendships yeah getting older no weddings are and they're like such an emotional time yeah um because it does signify a different stage of everyone's life and so you're happy for your friends but then you're also like 
gosh, what does this mean for us in the future? And right. will we come back together at some point or will we drift apart? It's I'm worried. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see what happens. I mean, I have a few friends who are married and we've kept in touch fine, but one of them I know is thinking about having a child and I want to say, there's no rush. <laughs> Can't you just wait a few years? And then you're like, can I be the godmother? <laughs> I would be such a good godmother. <laughs> oh my God, I better be. Sheila. <laughs> I know you're listening. <laughs> she's in Philadelphia. She does, She's a cardiologist. She just, she's care. busy. She's super busy. <laughs> anyway, we will update you next week. And About then... Sambo's friendships and... <laughs> All of I her do other anxiety. We can talk about my anxiety next time. Yeah, yeah. People will love that. And, you know, please reach out to us if you have particular topics you want to talk about or a guest you'd like to suggest. Yeah, we would love to have a, another kick-ass lady guest yeah soon maybe we can do them you know in july oh maybe that's that's what we could do is have like cool guests maybe we can get elizabeth warren to come on yes she lives here and she'll be like in recess or whatever right let's do it you want to just drive drive over to her house should we like hi yeah you want to do that (laughs) i was kidding about driving to her house (laughs) we have like like, other ways we could reach her right she has yeah she kind of knows who we are um i've met her a few times okay oh yeah you have i've seen pictures I don't think she knows who I am, but that's all right. She will if she's on our podcast. Okay. Well, well, well listen, yeah. if anybody knows Elizabeth Warren, um, make an introduction for us. Yeah. Because we would love to have her come on. Especially, I'd love to talk to her about um, <sighs> this like horrible situation we're in with these children and like what we can do. We didn't talk about that because we're both just no, I really upset about it. I will cry. Like, like how like you must ugly be upset. tears, like all of you. So. Yeah. Um, and on that note, we will see you next week as we wrap up our um, our city council season. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you.